Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. What's up? I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. We're going to get into the nitty and the gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and the laughable in these movies. But we're always coming from a place of love. You don't watch these movies as much as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hi. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> How are you doing, John? I'm great, man. How are you doing? I am doing splendidly. Splendoriferously. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, we're sipping on some uh, Paul Anner of Munich's Oktoberfest beer. Yeah, we're not exactly um, seasonal not right now, but who cares? <laughs> we're not September. It's like, we're not seasonal right no, now, but no, who cares? No. Yeah. I have a delicious sip of this. It's like a beautiful spring day outside in in atlanta today that's right it was what knocking on 70 getting close to yeah, anyway that's not how it should be <laughs> no so um kevin what's on the docket for today my friend well my friend it's one of my go-to favorites like i can't even tell you i love this movie mm-hmm. i john can attest i've been talking about wanting to do this movie for probably you and more than a Lawrence year love this movie yes <laughs> we're gonna talk about 1989's best of the best a sort of a throwaway karate flick. I told you the other day, to me, like, this movie is just completely disposable. Right, Like, yeah. I feel like it enters your body and leaves your body at the exact same moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not to be taken seriously at all. It's right. camp- campy, but it has some great moments. Um, it falls into the same exact bucket as Iron Eagle does for me. Right. Like... You, it's not going to keep you awake at all if you're trying to go to sleep. Like it's just, and it's probably not something that you're, yeah. Once you watch it, you're not sitting thinking about the lessons you learned. No, it doesn't. Or that's what I'm saying. It leaves your body the moment that you're not seeing it anymore. It's like bad Asian food <laughs> or Indian food or any food for that matter. So, but you had not really seen this movie. I and once I watched it, I I realized that I had only ever seen like snippets okay like in other things like in cobra kai or in other movies like where people were talking about best of the best i don't i don't recall ever having watched this all the way through it's got like i dig it man i mean it's got some pretty decent martial arts stuff happening in some in some of the scenes definitely the main guy well well, let's get all right we'll, we'll just get into it and it'll all come up as we go right absolutely um so directed by a dude named robert radler right who did this Best of the best two, I'll also haven't seen. And like dozens and dozens and dozens of episodes of various Mighty Morphin Power Ranger shows. <laughs> I saw that and I saw he directed a few episodes of the uh, late 90s staple Silk Stalkings. Oh, that's <laughs> sexy. Come on, after on, Monday Night Raw. USA. <laughs> yeah, late nights on USA, man. Um, that's awesome. Produced by Philip Ree, who was all over this franchise. Uh, and he acted in Star Yeah. Um, Rip- wrote it like yeah he wrote it he was the star um 
I think he acted and produced in all four of the best of the best movies that mm-hmm. have come out. He got a writer credit for this one and the fourth one. He directed the third and the fourth ones. On on the on the In the Search of the Last Action Heroes documentary that I've referenced before, right. he was on there talking, and he said that Best of the Best Four, as shitty as I'm sure that it is, has the distinction of being the first American movie to be written by, produced by, directed by, and starring an Asian person. And that was, what, 1998 or something? Yeah, it was somewhere. It had to be mid-late 90s, yeah. for sure. So, on one hand, it's sort of like sad that it happened that late yeah exactly but yeah, also agreed. like kudos to philip Ree for doing his thing i guess yeah it's very much like an american dream like just doing the thing um and making it happen like seeing it through he yeah took this idea and ran with it um hasn't done much else except That's he, weird he was, isn't it he has he like in, almost no presence outside this franchise yeah, just about he was in kentucky fried movie i saw which is <laughs> awesome like um, being karate man or something yeah but yeah. i'm also interested in seeing stuff that he was in before this things with names like LA street fighters, silent, uh-huh. silent assassins and something called furious, which was described thusly martial arts heroes battle aliens from the astral plane for control of the universe. And if that isn't the exact plot of mortal Kombat, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the exact plot, it might've predated mortal Kombat though. No, if it was by, pre by 20 years. Interesting. Yeah. There's no such thing as original ideas, nope, though. That's probably been all. a legend, you know, in Eastern for sure. cultures for like hundreds of years. Yeah, I, I would think so. Also, in addition to being written by Ree, other writers that got credit was a dude named Paul Levine, Paul Levine maybe, and uh, Max Strom is credited for writing additional dialogue. Right. Uh, when someone's credited with additional dialogue, that's where I think the zingers, like the jokes that you remember came uh, from yeah, that person. Like when they would bring in Tarantino to like punch up a script or right. whatever, you could tell because once they start talking about like Silver Surfer or something, that's like, okay, Tarantino is <laughs> yeah, in exactly. the room. Um, but neither of those dudes had really written like anything else uh, yeah. ever. That's what threw me because I figured, oh, this dude Strom probably has 100 credits, but right. he didn't at all. Um, yeah, Hollywood is a weird place. Was and still is. Um, I, I looked up the DP just because I always like to do that. Sometimes Doug- it's a surprise. Yeah, yeah, Douglas Ryan, who had far a far more interesting and successful career as a camera operator on things like Untouchables, Heartbreak Ridge, okay. Clear and Present Danger, and a couple of Arnold movies, Last Action Hero, and Jingle All the Way. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> so, but uh, as far as being cinematographer he didn't do much else after this or before it yeah and did you look up the composer I, paul gilman i couldn't really find much of anything and it's probably for the best because the score the yeah, score if you trash. call that it's i mean it's like almost 100 percent synthesizer if it's not like a like an 80s like pop rock song then yeah <laughs> it's some it's some like shitty synth it was nothing yeah nothing else of note um oddly i noticed that he had like written Directed, edited, produced, and appeared in some like nature documentary series about ocean life. I saw that and That's I wondered odd. if I and wondered if I had seen it, but the ones that I saw were like Deep Planet, which I think were produced okay. by like the BBC or Discovery Channel or something. Yeah, I don't like think that. his was one of the the better ones. <laughs> he was this like, must have been a passion project. Yeah. He did everything on that. Yeah. Okay, so the cast, starring Philip Ree, we've yeah. mentioned, starring Eric Roberts, yes. Julia's big bro. Yeah apparently had been nominated for 
an Academy Award for a movie called Runaway Train that Have I you, never saw. Oh, that's solid. I've seen it. It's just really? it's, it, the name gives everything away. Yeah. I think it's like <laughs> it's like escaped convicts are on a train that can't be stopped or something. It's pretty good though. That's it, cool. It was a it was a canon movie. He's been, oh was it okay and got nominated go. for Oscar. So he's been in tons of other stuff. I meant to send you. But I did not send you uh, a little write-up that Vanity Fair did on him in 2018. And they talked about how in, like, 2017, he was in something like 80 movies alone. Like, it's that cr- year. That's what I'm saying. He's like, it's, it's a weird career yeah. that he's had. He's never, in my mind, he's never been an A-lister or that good of an actor, to be honest. Well, but he's appeared, is- and he's been in, like, big shit, like The Dark Knight. Is what you, you were just you and I were just talking about it, and you said that he, he's like a very unique talent. And sometimes it's like whatever he's doing, he's like dialed in, and I believe it. And even in this movie, there are times when I'm like, yeah, and then other times I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> that's not a good choice. But from right here in Georgia, went to Henry Grady High School, no longer called Henry oh, Grady shit. High School, yeah. Um, but would have had a bigger career if it hadn't been for all the fucking drugs, <laughs> right. Yeah, he was in The Expendables, which I'm sure right. our, our audiences listen to. He's been in this newer season of The Righteous Gemstones, and he's okay. like, and he's killing it. He's hilarious. Yeah, he, apparently uh, that was one of the things that it talked about was that so many people have like encouraged him throughout his career, and you know, it's a shame because he's res- he's respected by like the DiCaprios of the world and and things like that. Okay. But it's just he's got good instincts. He just wasn't bigger, but he has like good comedy chops too. He really so. does. Yeah, he's like a jack of all trades type guy. Yeah. Um, also starring James Earl Jones, Fucking the legend. 91 years young last month. Darth Vader, obviously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tulsa Doom and Conan the Barbarian, fucking Field of Dreams, Dr. Strangelove. Oh, man. Oscar nominated for The Great White Hope. Uh, Coming to America. He's Admiral Greer in the um, the Jack Ryan movies. Yeah. We love um, you, James Earl Jones. Dude, we know you're listening. Thank you. <laughs> the sand, the Sandlot, the Lion King. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Dude got an honorary Oscar in 2012. Is he well ever, deserved? Has he won an Oscar? Never won. Was nominated for an Oscar for The Great White Hope, okay. like way back okay. in the day. Also uh, features an actress I'm completely unfamiliar with. Yeah, named Sally Kirkland. Looked up her work and didn't recognize a single other thing she was in. It looked like she was in a lot of like skin cable things, except. She was in 1988, year prior, nominated for Best Actress. What? For a movie I've never heard of before called Anna. Do you think this movie ruined her career? <laughs> no, I think this movie probably, or I think the Oscar nom probably got her hot like for a while, you know? But imagine they got this movie together with like three Oscar nominees yeah, in that, this movie. That's strange. That's, yeah, <laughs> no small shakes. Um, and then the only other person I'll mention up front is Chris Penn. Right. That's Sean's little brother. Um, <laughs> Playing he, Travis Brickley. Travis Brickley was in a lot of seminal 80s movies, All the Right Moves, Footloose. Footloose. Um, he was in True Romance. He's probably most recognizable as Nice Guy Eddie from Reservoir Dogs. Yes. And um, he was in, a, he was the the homophobic cop in Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. He turns up in a lot of shit. And he died at age 40. Yeah. In 2006. Yeah, I'd forgotten that he was already already passed away from heart disease. I think I heart think. disease combined with, I think, some heavy drug use yeah. over his lifetime. Right. So, cautionary tale, people. <laughs> yeah. But, 40 um, years old. That hits hard here, here in our 40th year. I know. Year. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, I feel like a baby, though. Yeah, same. these movies are keeping me young. That's right. <laughs> this podcast is it's um it's the fountain of youth, friends. So the elixir, 
We'll get down to the flick here because yeah. I'm excited about this. I All am right. too. I'm like, I'm very excited to talk about this. It's uh, it's made by Taurus Entertainment. I apparently, cannot recall ever having seen that logo no. or intro before ever. It's like a sort of an animated bull in the clouds, like um, right. you know, like uh, what do you call it? Not astrology. Yeah, yeah, so a, like a constellation. Like a constellation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're out somewhere. We got a sun rising on the horizon. Also, it's produced by the movie group. Yeah, we get the overlaid <laughs> on-screen text tells us that the movie group presents. That sounds like a money laundering operation <laughs> if I've ever heard one. <laughs> totally. We're the movie group. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? No drugs to see here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so now we see a huge group of Koreans all training in unison. There's probably like 100 plus. There are Yeah, there are like, a, I counted, there's at least 136 people okay. out there it's awesome it's yeah. a striking visual it, yeah it really is it reminds me of, of the end of super shoot fighter 2 if you beat the game with fail <laughs> oh shit the, i never all the dudes in the courtyard like ah. doing their punches um i was wondering if this was like filmed in korea or filmed in america i was just curious yeah i just i don't know i, I don't I, have an answer to that i would probably think that the I don't know. You could the round budget up for this a bunch was really of, small, but I know it was. I feel like probably most of the stuff is filmed in America. Yeah, probably. I would think so. Um, but it Makes was like learn a martial arts so bad. Oh, dude, though, just seeing that it's fucking killer, man. Yeah. Now um, we see Eric Roberts, James Earl Jones, and Sally Kirkland, the Oscar nominees. They get their names ahead of the title. No one somehow. Knows. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's fine. Uh, then the power pop music kicks in. <laughs> it's a song called "Tales of Power" by Jim Capaldi generic fucking just yeah. <laughs> power mullet music kind of you know <laughs> and you know we're going to america when that song kicks in dude is um capaldi's a rock and roll hall of famer though is he he was in the band traffic okay like a i don't know a prog rock band back sure, in the day i don't sure. really know him but um yeah we're in this american car factory on the assembly line is and there a more stereotypical like this we've now gone to america than seeing a factory with like steel car frames moving down yeah, the line dude. i can't see this shit without thinking about um gung-ho yeah that's one of I my favorite this, movies I the exact same thing god an, bless michael an keaton. overlooked uh 80s gym ron howard michael keaton so so good so funny but yeah it's like seeing the the factory the uh the welding the sparks and then the, like the union sign that says team four first shift making war on defects with like a barbarian <laughs> that's pretty rad <laughs> it's dude. awesome um so, yeah, we see Alex Grady in there. That's Eric Roberts. He's welding on the line. They're cranking out Pontiac Firebirds. Fucking okay. rad 80s okay. cars. So Alex seems to be finishing up a shift. He stops by to say hello to his friend Stanley. Another Reservoir Dogs along. Yeah, Mr. Blue, Eddie Bunker. Um, Stanley invites him to come out for beers, but Alex says he's got to get home to pick up his son, Walter. So we land the family guy uh, vibes in. I love Grady's look, Alex's look, the flowing mane, the oh, denim dude. on denim in that leather jacket. I was like, that's the uniform. He's a cool <laughs> dude, man. That's like Mr. 80s guy. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, Bruce Springsteen inspires. Springsteen wished he had that hair. <laughs> what the? If Bruce Springsteen is a shadoshi. <laughs> <laughs> so it cuts to uh, Alex teaching his son Walter to ride a bike. Right. Yeah, it was an interesting fashion choice now. How would you think it is the, the deep V? The deep cable V knit? cable knit sweater <laughs> sort of tucked in in the front, though. Like he's got a French tuck. I don't Nothing know. Nothing on under it. 
Yeah. It was <laughs> that, a, it that's was the a, thing is like, it's itchy. That was a look though. That would be itchy. I would think so. Uh, unless it's all know. cotton, but yeah. yeah. That's not a cotton sweater. That thing is, that, <laughs> that's, 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 that's like, mohair. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this seems to be Walter's first time doing this without training wheels. What did he, you think? All right. So as a first time watcher, just Eric Roberts' decision, because I get the feeling that there wasn't a lot of like direction uh-huh. giving on some of this acting, but like his decision to keep just calling the kid by his first name, well, would you just keep calling your son Walter by his first, not like a pet name or anything. All right, Walter. Good to see you, Walter. All right, no, Walter. We're that's what you do Walter. when you're trying to establish a character's name. Yeah. But um, no, it's a little bit weird. The kid's like, Dad, look at I'm doing it. And he's like, I know, I know. He's, he's like almost, very emotional. He's very, like moved to tears by this by this victory. Neither of us are fathers, but um yeah, but but I, I imagine I, those moments are kind of Yeah, sure. Emotional when Absolutely. you're when you're living it. I love the cut right before it's implied that Walter eats shit and crashes the bike. <laughs> he looked really he looked pretty shaky. He looked like he was about to take a gnarly <laughs> spill. Whoa, he said. <laughs> um Oh dude, I saw so Walter Grady, the son, the kid. Named after Eric Roberts' dad, Walter Grady Roberts. Huh. That's, that's awesome. kind of cool, I guess. It makes it it's weird, though. So did they make the last name of the character to suit at, at at Eric Roberts' request? Like, can you make his name Grady? Maybe they just had a first name, and then during the writing, there he was like, Yeah, Let's... can it be Grady? I'd like for the for my son to be Walter Grady for, to honor my dad. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, I'm into it. He loves his family, by all accounts. Now we cut to... Elsewhere, Tommy Lee <laughs> in a dojo for small children. As Philip Ree, hey, he's teaching a bunch of little kids martial arts. Little ass kickers, man. Yeah, he he gently corrects this one boy's stance. Uh, elsewhere, like in the other side of the room, a couple of kids start pushing and shoving. Dude, there's so many junior mullets in that class too, like just little kids rocking a mullet. Did you ever have a mullet? I did not. I did not. Um, you were rocking those buzz cuts, right? Yeah, we did. We did. I think it was probably just because my parents were like, "Were they doing them at home?" You're a nasty kid, and yeah, I mean, Jacob and I both had crew cuts that we would go to the barber to get. Okay. Um, and I remember both of us requesting like cut ends. On the side, we, oh, we wanted to get like railroad tracks on the sides. <laughs> and I remember the barber, like these old, like these old guys, like South or North Georgia, you know, like white uh-huh. trash guys, just being like rolling their eyes. Like, was that hot because of Vanilla Ice? Why was I, yeah. that hot? He had that look. Hammer going. MC, like okay. MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice. All these guys had the cut ends, and so, but these, <laughs> but these old guys, these barbers, are like rolling their eyes. Did hard. they do it? Yeah, they did it, but they did they not know. like it. <laughs> You never had a rat tail? No, we did not have a rat Me tail. Me neither. <laughs> Thank a God. Padawan, uh, a Padawan braid or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my uncle Cam always said that if the mullet came back, he'd go back to it because he rocked one hard. It was a look in the day, man. It, it just was a look. You can't, it was a time in yeah. this country. But we digress. Yeah, yeah. So these two little kids are fighting. Uh, Tommy goes over, he separates them, turns it into like a teaching moment. Yeah. Makes the boys repeat what he's taught them, which is they should be nice to each other and never use his lessons to hurt people. Right. He uh, makes them shake hands and patch it up. Yeah. Agree to be best of friends. It's like we, we, he's obviously like the amazing sensei. Right. Yeah. You know, like the sensei that you wish you had, like young Mr. Miyagi or whatever. I did wish I had a sensei. There was another kid in the room. They gave just this huge shit-eating grin about the moment. Like, he was thrilled at the moment of this. <laughs> that kid actually looked like a young Kevin. He looked like a young me. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I looked like, kind of buck-tooth. Uh, um, 
So Tommy resumes his drills. Now a woman comes running and she interrupts the lessons with a letter. She looks like Apollonia in Purple Rain. Just oh. like comes in, just like decked out and head to toe, like just black and looking very severe with her hair and everything. She had it going on. Yeah, she um, looked great. This shit absolutely could have waited until after class was yeah, over. Yeah, she just barges right in saying, you, ha- you have to read this. It's like, it's a letter. It can, it's not like someone's on the phone for you, right. you know? She um, is stoked though. She seems very excited about yeah, what Yeah, yeah, yeah. They must have been expecting this letter. So... Tommy has another student with the most epic mullet in the room, right, I think, the whole room. take over the lesson. He opens the letter, appears to contain good news. I like the little fizz. He's like, yeah. He's like yeah. excited about it, whatever it is. So back in wherever the fuck it is that Alex lives, uh, <laughs> Alex has received the same letter. Right. It's an invitation to try out for the U.S. National Karate Team. The letter says that tryouts are in Los Angeles. Did you like the the Los Angeles Civic Auditorium? Yeah, that that he's which been I want to talk about more as we go. But okay, yeah, that okay, that it's not an auditorium. But anyway, it doesn't, he, yeah, there's a been, lot about it that's he's questionable. He's been chosen to be among a hundred athletes to compete for five positions on the team uh, in North in Korea, South Korea, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's telling his mom the happy news. Uh, she's less than thrilled. She's worried he's going to hurt his shoulder again. Did you recognize her? No. That is Nurse Ratched from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, oh. Louise Fletcher playing the Fucking mom here. Hell. Okay. I yeah. knew the name looked familiar. I think she got a special credit, like an and credit or yeah. something at the end. I, when I saw her, okay. I was like, say what now? <laughs> she says to him, your shoulder is junk. That's <laughs> yeah. harsh. It's being held together by plastic and a pen or something like yeah. that. Yeah, plastic cartilage and a pen. And now Alex says... Mama, I got nothing here. Nothing. Okay. It's like, he reiterated that shit. It's like, God damn, what about your son? Yeah, he's in, he's in, the, he's other room. in the other room. You're about <laughs> he, to put him to bed. He can probably hear everything you're saying right now. <laughs> uh, but he says that competing was the only thing that gave him joy. His mother sort of seems to acknowledge She's like, that. Yeah, that's true. You never loved anyone else. <laughs> we hear Walter calling from the other room that he's ready to be tucked in, I guess. Says Walter's only five years old. He needs his father at home. He was not five years old. No, that, that kid was like ten. Nine, yeah, <laughs> You're, but yeah, he need. What about your son? What about my son? Well, he says, "God damn, again, <laughs> chill." That sounds terrible. Yeah, that comes uh, off bad. It sounds like he doesn't care, but I think what he's saying is that he'll be. It fine shouldn't be. If I'm gone. I for... shouldn't be using that as an excuse not to do this. Yeah, totally. Um, and especially if it's not long term, which it's not. Yeah, I right. can. I can see the rationale completely. So Alex tells his mom he loves her and he's going to work it out with Walter. We'll do it man to man. In in the bedroom, Alex is reading Walter a little King Arthur legend. Love it. It's a bedtime story. I thought you'd like that. Also, maybe a little foreshadowing, talking about like a couple of guys going into sort of battle together and Mm -hmm. then emerging as best friends or whatever. Yeah, totally. Um, Arthur and uh, and and Lancelot. Lancelot. Yeah, yeah. So Alex and Walter, they get to talking about the possibility of him going away. Walter's asking if he can come along, and yeah, Alex I says that, no. I, I appreciate that Alex is like, he makes it clear that he doesn't want to make the decision without Walter weighing in. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Alex says, you know, he could be gone three months if he makes the team. Walter wants to know if he can have the medal if uh, if his dad wins. Alex says yes. Walter says, okay, then you better promise to win. And Alex says it's a deal. Great, bye. I felt like, yeah, having gotten what he wants, <laughs> he quickly tucks him in and leaves, right? Yeah. Bolts out the Turns door out in the, the dark lights. of night. Yeah, quick. Good. Okay, later. Um, but he did. I like you said. I think he did seem to actually truly care that yeah. the son was on board with it. Yeah, totally. Even though it's hard to believe that a five-year-old would be able to be involved in that conversation. <laughs> like, 
I don't know. Anyway. No, yeah. A true five-year-old would not be able to process what three months is. No. It's like, yeah. Anyway. Over in Korea, the huge group of fighters, they're still training. I like to imagine they've just been training Yeah, I said the same non-stop. thing. It's like, it's like they come to a rest position, but they've been training for, for weeks. For days, day <laughs> <Yeah>. and night. <laughs> That's why they're so formidable. They never stop. No eating, no sleeping, only training. <laughs> so a fighter with an eye patch and a, and a clipboard approaches the sensei. He gives the sensei, I guess, the list of names. The guy's reading off uh, the names of the other fighters. Everyone else there is like clapping for these guys. Yeah. I, he read off three names and then all of a sudden there were five guys on stage. So I don't know if they yeah. chopped something I got, out. I got or the feeling what? that there should have been a, a fourth guy. A fourth name one called. read. Yeah. They yeah. were just maybe trying to save time or something was weird with it. Maybe they changed his name or something right. like that. Um, the fighter with the eye patch on starts the Korea, Korea chant, which is fucking pretty intense. Yeah. I was digging it, man. He's like clearly the leader of the team, this eye patch guy. Right. He doesn't participate in the workouts, that's for sure. No, not at this point. He's like, I guess his spot on the team is secure. Right. Right? That's the feeling we get. Back in the good old US of A, tryouts are happening in a giant tent. So wait, not an auditorium? This is a weird structure. Yeah, there's (laughs) not an auditorium at all. That's fine, whatever. Uh, Travis Brickley, that's Chris Penn that we mentioned, he's walking around, cowboy boots, cowboy hat, and a big old smirk on his face and a boombox. I wonder if he made it contractual that at least in one scene in most of the movies he was in and maybe ever he wears a cowboy hat oh shit was that his deal in footloose foo footloose he wore a cowboy hat in some mm. scenes in that movie i could see it and this hat was ill-fitting it was not a hat that looked you, flattering on his head you spent more time in texas so you've seen more people just like casually some wearing cowboy guy, hats i the assume people that i saw wearing cowboy hats were like old guys like yeah and in houston no one knows why you're wearing a cowboy hat, but it, yeah. tended, it tended to be older guys. And then once you got outside of Houston, like more in like open country, you would see guys wearing cowboy hats unironically. But. This is neither here nor there, but did you yeah. ever see the Cadillac with steer horns on front in Houston? Like twins style? Um, yes, because that is, there's a hotel that is now a chain. There's one in Austin, one in Houston, one in Dallas. Hotel Zaza is what it's called. Okay. I think there are actually multiple locations in each city now, but they, they're like pick, pick you up vehicles or like free advertising vehicles, like a Cadillac oh. with, the, with the, the Longhorns on the front. I'm into that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. Um, anyway, at the training, yeah, Travis has got this boombox. He's blasting country music, a song called Backroads by Charlie Major. All right. Um, he's already obnoxious, I guess, is the yeah. point here. We've got Coach Frank Cuzo, seems mildly annoyed. Yeah. He's telling his assistant, Don, it's a goddamn circus. Goddamn circus. He's just this Darth Vader, man. Yeah, no, it's That's like awesome. everything he says is so severe. It's amazing. <laughs> it was sort of an unceremonious intro for James Earl Jones. Yeah. I thought the crown jewel of the cast right. to me. For sure. Um, so fighters are stretching. They're preparing to fight. Alex uses up all of his tape and he asks this guy, Travis, if he can borrow his. What the fuck, Alex? Did he like come with just the tail end of a roll of tape and that's it? Well, to be fair, maybe he didn't know how much he had in his bag that he's had sitting around for three years. <laughs> the dusty <laughs> he, he, bag. He, he didn't intend, like he didn't look in there. He yeah. didn't think about it beforehand. But Travis is like, as a matter of fact, I do mind. And he snatches his tape away what from Alex, dick. walks off. Yeah. Uh, he cranked that boombox and walked off. I love that. What the fuck? <laughs> Tommy is right there as well. And Tommy says Alex can have some of his tape and tosses him a roll. 
again proving himself. He's like the picture of, you know, yeah. sportsmanship yeah. And, and whatever, the taekwondo ideal. Yeah, he's like all about it. Now we see Virgil Keller, an actor named John Dye, who I don't really know from anything else. Yeah, I didn't recognize him either. He's beaten up some mulleted dude. He's got like a, I thought he had sort of the Daniel LaRusso technique, where it was a lot of just like retreating and then counterpunching. He studied that Miyagi-Do? Yeah, the Miyagi-Do karate. Uh, Alex is in his fight. He takes a quick like kick to the face in his match. Call me crazy, but like I felt like the dudes who were going to make the team, they should not be getting touched by anybody right. when they're fighting against these scrubs. Agreed. And no, but Alex might be rusty, right? Right. That that was the only I gave him some credit because he hasn't fought in so long. Okay. And Virgil had taken a punch to the face too, I think, right. in his match. But and you know, also like, what is up with Alex's stance, dude? Yeah, I was. I'm fascinated by that technique. Like, I wonder if did he have someone on set teach him like an unorthodox? I read somewhere style? that he like st- studied is probably a strong word but that he <laughs> that he studied martial arts of some kind. Oh, do you think he brought that himself? I don't I don't know. It was always fascinating to me cuz it's just such a different stance than because, you would ever well, see. Well, his opening stance he had like it's sort of like a batter getting in the batter's box. He has that like arms above his head and then he did like the touching his knee with his foot like coming uh-huh. off the ground and it sort of looked like Muay Thai. Yeah. And so I was wondering I don't know. But. I also wondered if it was some sort of a stance that was like necessitated by his shoulder injury. I wonder the same like thing. Like maybe he's got to account for the, he's got one gimpy shoulder, right. so he's got to protect that shoulder or something. But um, he scores a couple of quick points in his match. He wins. Yeah, his gi's cool. I like... Uh, a storm gray gi. Yep. We've got Travis has given Virgil some advice, tells him he shouldn't block with your face. Oh, now, thanks. Sonny Grasso walks up. Another actor I've not really seen in anything else is named David Agresta. Okay. Uh, he consoles Virgil. It's like wonderful how all of our heroes are bonding already. Yeah, sure. You know, um, he says to Virgil, his mama probably didn't breastfeed him. And then uh, Virgil says, oh, breastfeeding is actually very high in iron. I was very fond of it as a child. And Sonny says, hey, I'm still fond of it. That's a fucking the first like really good joke of the movie. Yeah, it's awesome. That shit made me laugh. Yeah, Sonny, Sonny had a lot of good, hey, good ones. I'm in still movie. fond of it. You and me both, Sonny. That's awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, Vir- Virgil also is a fan of that yeah. joke. So Sonny introduces himself. He says he's Italian. Uh, Virgil says, Vir- I'm Virgil Keller. I used to be Italian. Now I'm Buddhist. Sonny looks confused. He says, I'm just kidding. I was never Italian. And Sonny, for the first of many, many times, says, oh, I knew that. <laughs> like, that's like his thing. But it's the idea that it's like Sonny dumb as shit. I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Or, he's just a yeah, dumb guy who's good at karate. He's simple, yeah. He's a simple-minded guy. Okay, so Sonny gets now matched up to fight against Travis, who looked disturbingly happy. He looks super creepy. Like I feel like he was crazy. getting hard. Yeah, <laughs> like it looks sexual. Um, as they bow, Sonny sort of says under his breath, "Have a nice day, knucklehead." Which, Do you? I don't think that was the line. I think. Oh, like, you think they dubbed something else in? I think that the VO doesn't quite match up with his mouth, and I bet that it was probably a something swear like, word. Yeah, like fucker or something like that. And they know. were like. Maybe they realized they were so close to the to the PG thirteen. If they, all they did was remove that line, yeah, I could see that. I think he probably said, "Have a nice day, motherfucker," or something like or that. Or fuckhead. Yeah, or fuckhead. Good, and, yeah, and took it out. I could see that for sure. Yeah, they saved that R rating. Whatever it was, it really pissed Travis off. There's no way that he would get that pissed being called a knucklehead. He'd probably <laughs> you think? go, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> cornball, good one. insult." Yeah. I... Now elsewhere, 
Tommy looks flawless as he's like dispatching these opponents. Yeah. That vicious kick to the face on he, that dude. He obviously knows what the fuck is up. Like this, this is, is someone that knows martial arts. This is him. what the fuck I'm talking about. Tommy is like a fucking stud. Yeah, Ku- and uh, Kuzo and Don are watching on and mm. loving it. Yeah, and they have been walk- like walking around and Don's like taping it with a video yeah, camera. That big ass like that. camcorder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Travis and Sonny, their fight is sloppy. Then the referee just awards the winning point to Sonny as Travis is like angrily, angrily protesting. He hit me in the arm. He hit me. I just feel like the referee just wanted that fight to be over. Yeah, I wanted to get out of there. <laughs> he was like, I'm done with this fucking David Crosby looking motherfucker that <laughs> referee was. Um, now, the fans are not fond of Travis's antics. Right. And Sonny tries to tell him good match and Travis makes like every single sort of obscene hand gesture at him. It's like he him. couldn't find the one that felt best so he did them all and then stormed off. <laughs> yeah, he walks off, he kicks a chair out of the way. Don is like remarking, boy, that guy's got a bad attitude. And Kuzo's like, well... I could not understand what Don said, which as the movie went on, I was like... <clears throat> I think he okay, said he's got a lousy attitude. I could, that boy's got could a lousy not attitude. understand it. I is that like, a what? Texas accent? I don't I know love, what it was. I love the way Don talks. Well, that's what I'm saying is that, like it took me a while to get it, but then there's some later scenes where I was like, that was a choice. They they wanted to make him like nigh unintelligible. Okay. But this was I was like, what the fuck did he say? Yeah. He's he basically he was insulting uh, Travis's attitude. Fair. <clears throat> but Kuzo is like, if we can fix that, he's a fighter. Right. How the fuck would you possibly want that guy on your team? I guess because you need a brawler, if a you've, burly If you've brawler. ever seen a movie, like a team-based movie, <laughs> a, a, an ensemble cast, you always need that one guy, Raphael, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a surly... The, uh, the, the guys that are uh, the assholes on the Mighty Ducks, the guys that are the enforcer, Fuller. That's, yes. <laughs> it wasn't an asshole necessarily, but the ones with like, you know, just the... A misfit kind of like yeah. the... Uh, yeah, I'm down with it. In a quick montage, we see Tommy, Alex, Virgil, Travis, and Sonny are kicking some ass. Travis is a fucking dirty fighter yeah. that kicks that guy as he's going to bow. Right. Alex slash Eric Roberts has, I thought, some pretty decent fucking moves. Yeah. Like, for an actor who's he, not a martial artist, he, like, acquits himself well. Yeah, he did look like he had some basic training, if if not a little more than basic. And Tommy, there was one shot where Tommy nearly, like, kicked some dude's fucking head off his right. body. Like, Tommy's a badass. Now, cut to, I love this. A very excited Mr. Jennings bursts into Kuzo's office. I don't know about you guys, but I'm impressed. Uh, Good Lord, Lord. half the board of directors. Half the board of directors are out there. (laughs) Like, they went completely nuts. Doesn't this guy look and sound like an old-timey reporter? Oh, yeah. Half the board of directors are out there. He's here for the presser. Where the fuck were the other half of the board of directors? Isn't this like their one fucking obligation? Yeah, you would think. To be at this thing? Yeah, why not the whole board? This fucker was acting like he's never seen karate before. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I love it. Jennings promises Kuzo, you're going to get anything you need. Uh, as he's training the team, Kuzo gives him his list of selectees. Jennings is very hesitant when he sees Alex's name on the roster. Says he saw Alex take a beating a few years ago, and he's got a bad shoulder. He asks, you absolutely sure about this kid? Kid. He's 33 years old. Is he only 33? I yeah. thought he was probably older, but yeah. Is yeah. that how old Eric Roberts Eric was? Eric Roberts 33 years old in this movie. Okay. So Kuzo says, you know, your expertise is business, Mine is choosing and training champions. Okay. So Kuzo sees something in Grady. Right. Uh, Jennings takes some type of snack 
off of the... I mean, he's probably paying for the snack, so that seems fair. It was like a plate of donuts, and I couldn't tell if he pinched a little pinch off of one donut. I couldn't tell. I thought what it was, was like, going like a on. small eclair or a nutty bar or something. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was something. Weird. <laughs> it was like a... What do you call that? A Jordan oh. almond. <laughs> it was a Jordan <laughs> almond. Um, now, <laughs> yeah. Half the board of directors are out there. They went completely nuts. Okay. He does. James he sounds like an old-fashioned, like he's like a fucking... Uh, I don't know what a Jimmy, actor, Jimmy Stewart movie an actor or something from another time for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's just mi- so funny. Like the way he was like in there with his hat on and stuff. I was like, what? And you see him lurking around in the previous scenes during the, the tournament. I'm uh-huh. like, what is that guy's deal? What, what? is he doing? <laughs> I bet he's another dude who's probably like fucking acted with yeah, legend yeah. like John yeah, Wayne. Probably, yeah, he's probably in thousands of Westerns back <laughs> yeah. in the day. So, Mr. Jennings announces the five members of the U.S. karate team who are set to face Team Korea. After having received the letter in the mail, this is the movie like doubling down that this is a karate team. Right. Which is weird because like they're going to face the Korean Taekwondo team. It's just weird to me. Like I don't Agreed. know. There's a lot of muddled martial arts well, then, and for then, the whole movie. Yeah, really. and then once they get to the tournament and they're like, it's a mixture it of anything. It's, it's like, MMA wait, it? basically, right? Yeah. It's okay, fine. Yeah, I don't know what this movie's position is on what martial art discipline it is they're supposed to be doing here. I thought it was odd that they that the karate team was facing the taekwondo team. Yeah, as it well. gets it gets very muddled as we go along. Um, but we get Travis Brickley from Miami, Florida. Everybody loves a cowboy from Florida. That is the last place I probably would have guessed right? he was from, right? If he, even if you had said, like, Jacksonville. Be like, okay, you got, like, rednecks in Jacksonville. But I don't really... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are people to down... To all our there. fans in Jacksonville. What up? <laughs> hey, what's up? I, I bet you you would not be taken aback if you saw a cowboy hat in Jacksonville. Nah. Like, you know, North inland, Florida is different. But South Florida is, like... Any, anywhere inland Florida, there are people wearing cowboy hats, Yeah, for ironically. sure. Um, but, yeah, I just don't... You don't think of many, like, Miami cowboys. Though I'm no. sure they exist, and if you are one... Let us hear about it. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I want to hear about it. I want to see a picture of your hat. Um, We've got Virgil Keller, Providence, Rhode Island. I immediately thought that he's like a Brown graduate. Oh, you think he's an intellectual? Has to be. Okay, I could see it. Providence, lovely town. Never. uh, uh, No, I have driven through. I think Providence is a great town. You drive through Rhode Island in like thirty minutes. Oh yeah, literally. Yeah, it's great. Uh, We got Sonny Grasso from Detroit, Michigan. Another great town. Yeah, never been. We got. Thomas Lee from Fresno, California. Refugee from I ha- Fresno. I have been to Fresno. It's nothing really to write home about, as right. Daniel LaRusso would tell you. You're right. Um, and then we got Alexander Grady from Portland, Oregon. I'd like to take this opportunity to tell you that after a quick Google search, there has never been a GM plant in Portland, <laughs> Oregon, or anywhere That's, in Oregon for that matter. I'm not surprised at all by that. I thought that was weird. He was the guy who's supposed to be from Detroit, right? Who? Alexander. If he's working in the, you on the line, thought, yeah, he should have been they, from they, Detroit. Like, they, they like mismatched the characters in their in their uh, their jobs in the real world. Yeah. Now, you go figure. It's the only five guys that we've met already. <laughs> um, also, a strange order that they read him out in. Like, it should have either been alphabetical. It should have definitely been alphabetical. Or, or Thomas Lee should have been first. Like, it's weird to... Like, what, are we dying of suspense about whether Alex is going to make the team or not? Like, there right. was a moment where you're, like, wondering. Or maybe it was by, um... They yeah, could have know. thrown us off by selecting sure. someone else, and then that guy gets hurt, and they bring Alex in or something. But they <laughs> there, didn't. There are, some, there are some things in this movie you just kind of have to say, okay, 
That's fine. <laughs> yes, we're just going to roll with the punches. That's Much great. like the fighters. But um, I think that's a good spot to leave it off. What? For this week. I'm crushed. There's some crazy shit that's going to happen in the next week's episode, though. So we hope you'll I join us. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to everyone at the Last of the Action Heroes Yo. podcast network. What up, guys? You guys are also awesome. Uh, and until next week, we'll be back. We'll be back.